I do feel like I'm reading a Dr. Seuss book right now. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> okay, all right. I got. I went a little bit far with the with the uh, you know rhyming. Did you tell whatever, it to rhyme them, or, them or did it just memorable. do that on its own? I said like, what did I say? Do some catchy names or something like that for X Y Z. <laughs> I just started during the countdown. <laughs> yeah, smooth. Yeah, what do you think of my new my new light? It's a. Uh... Oh, dude, I can see. Okay, it's like pretty good. Here, I'll, I'll show you like now. the the difference. It's like kind of noticeable, uh, but only like if you see like the before and after. Okay, so this is like with it on. This is with it off. Oh, yeah. okay, nice. You can see a pretty substantial. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty there. good, and I can like totally. I don't know. I feel like I want to. I think I have a little bit more. I've got a I've got a ring light right there. Yeah. So you can kind of see when I block it, but I I think you know I don't think I'm that much tanner than you, so I, I think it's got to be largely the yellow light that's above me as well that makes the difference on the video. Yeah, it could be. I have like the um, color temps all like because I was having all sorts of weird like color temp problems with it, so I think I have it like kind of kind of okay for now. Got it worked out. Nice. Well, sorry for everybody who's actually listening on an audio medium for this podcast. <laughs> if you want to check out the color difference of our skin and Joel's new uh, light, head over to Critical Thinking Podcast on YouTube. Um, but with that, uh, let's see what we got for today. Okay, so actually, I really like this topic. Today, we're talking about um, hacker brain hacks and essentially how to get over some of the things that make bug bounty so difficult um so i think that's gonna be a really cool topic joel I i'm gonna say check out this document i did my research today and and i have an outline with beautiful bullet points with look at these rhyming headers this is, this like, is incredible i mean most of the time this is pretty most sick, of the time right? i'm the one who goes really crazy on the like the google doc side yeah. so this is uh this, yeah. is, this is nice this is cool man thanks man i'm 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 learning a thing or two. I'm, I'm flexing my uh, Google Docs muscles a little bit. Um, but, all right, before we get into that content, let's check out some new stuff. Uh, I'll take the first one. Um, this is another, uh, we've mentioned this guy on, on the pod before, Demon Dev at D3MonDev. I call, <laughs> I mentioned, I had to message him afterwards and apologize because I actually called him demand <laughs> last time which is not what it is demon dev um but uh i follow this guy he puts out really good stuff um one of the things that i really liked that he put out recently was um this website called sequencediagram.org which allows you to really cleanly and easily make these sort of sequence diagrams um where you've got like uh several you know pieces of of uh the diagram vertically and then you've got lines sort of jumping between each one of them it's really helpful for diagramming things like reverse proxies and uh, poc flows so i wanted to shoot it, shout it out on the podcast because i think this could really help for creating really in-depth pocs and making sure your reports are really understandable so we'll drop that link down in the description definitely check it out um should really help yeah for sure and this is something that i see a lot in like the corporate type of space where like engineering yeah. documents have this this type of stuff all the time like just to help you understand like what's yeah. going on how stuff is supposed to work so i think that this is like a great step towards just like making your reports more readable and making them easier to triage you know yeah and at the end of the day your reports are going to be read by the enterprise yeah. <laughs> corporate security people so it's exactly what they want to see yeah yeah super awesome win cool um yeah so ne next thing uh we We've got. Uh, I'll jump. I'll jump one over. But uh, Jay Haddix, sure. uh, previous pod podcast guest, uh, he created this new tool called Sub Recon GPT, and uh, it's it's this. you know it's an awesome implementation of like how do we apply AI and GPT and that kind of stuff into like the bug bounty hacking space. And so mm -hmm. basically, what he did is he created a very very simple Python script that just takes a list of uh, subdomains as input. And then it feeds them into ChatGPT and it asks for similar subdomains. And then it'll use that to essentially like generate like a like a word list uh, or something. And then it will try and resolve mm -hmm. those domains. So it's yep. super, super awesome, you know, way of just like 
kind of manipulating that data, I think it's really tricky to do this type of stuff without some sort of like manual intervention and like coming up with like variation word lists mm -hmm. and all that kind of stuff is really, really awesome for finding like um, super niche assets. Um, I, I, I don't know if he wants to be shouted out for this, but uh, a mutual friend of ours who uh, used to work with Zayat, that's what I'll say. I, I think you know who I'm talking about. Oh, we'll bleep it. Yeah, so, so is like a recon god, okay? And be, the way that he does this is by generating super bespoke custom word lists for all of the targets that he hacks on. He'll like, he has this whole custom flow that he does where he takes like mm, data mm. and he'll use it to generate all these like custom word lists. And then he uses it to like brute force either subdomains or endpoints or whatever. And he finds like the craziest stuff by doing this. Yeah. It's really gnarly when you've got stuff like that. I, I remember I did, I went that far once. I, I've done it a couple of times, but it really paid off once at a live hacking event for PayPal. And I found this application that was old and everyone had forgotten about it. And I had to like go through the, you know, all these, you know, hoops to get even get access to it. But once I did, it was a vuln all over the place, right? It was just vulns everywhere. And I was like, man, this thing is a cash cow. I need to like milk this for all it's worth, yeah. right? And, and, and so I got a hold of the documentation for it. And I was trying to enumerate all these endpoints that they were talking about in the documentation that I couldn't find, right? The functionality. And so I couldn't find it. So what I ended up doing was just parsing you know um there's like some really old school tool um i can't remember the name of it but essentially it goes out to the website scrapes the uh you know the words used and then uses that to you know uh do some brute forcing and i did that and i you know outlined the common structures of the urls and i brute forced and i got so many hits and it probably Ooh. resulted in over 50k of bounties from that one thing. wow dude and so yeah, it's 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 crazy what what you can do when you really take this extra level and go a little bit deeper. Um, I think this is a great tool that does it. Also, I'm a little salty because this has been on my to-do list for a really <laughs> long time. And if I wasn't in the middle of a reno right now, then I would absolutely be ha have had this done. Um, yeah, but anyway, it's less than a hundred lines it's of Python. Really cool. It's super awesome. Yeah. Um, I think you probably could have even had ChatGPT write this itself. <laughs> to be to be honest. Yeah, it's like fifty lines. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> this this is it. Kind of reminds me of the asset note word lists, but like one step further mm -hmm. because asset note word lists are pulled yeah. from BigQuery, so they're they're more like you know, modern, so to speak, right? They're more like up to date sure. with like what's going on right now. Like they're based off of analytics and like query data from like real requests over like a, the, a recent time span versus, you know, just some word mm -hmm. list is commonly used stuff, but not necessarily accurate to the current like date. Um, and this is like, you know, that kind of like bespokeness, the like recency that's like very like targeted one step yeah. further. So I, I think it's really awesome. And uh, I'm probably going to be throwing yeah. this in and my for floor. Sure. I mean, he, he says, he says for sure, this is very beta, you know, here. So, and if you look at the code, it's pretty much asking chat GPT. It's like generate five subdomains similar to XYZ. I don't even think, yeah, it's not, it's not using lane chain or anything like that. It's just using the open AI uh, a Python API. So there's definitely rooms for improvement here. If anybody wanted to go and do like a pull request on this, I'm sure Jason would be thrilled. Yeah, yeah, for sure. All right, nice. Um, so next thing that I wanted to talk about was um, we love to keep Kaido in the loop. We love to talk about Kaido. I think it's a great tool. It's the primary tool I'm using right now for web proxying. Um, and uh, love to see something like this. The Cyber Mentor actually put out a video recently uh, entitled this new web hacking tool may replace burp suite and i was like oh yeah here we go and he does a um quite a long walkthrough of of what it what it looks like you know to use kaido uh use it up against a target um so i was really thrilled to see that it's like an 11 minute video um i think i think kaido is gaining more and more traction and uh it's something that you might want to go and subscribe to right now uh and get the pro access because it's only like i want to say it's only like ten dollars yes month. It, it's either ten dollars a month or a hundred dollars a year depending on how you want to pay for it and uh yeah i mean i'm just gonna i'm just that gonna read go some facts some here okay who knows port switcher you know? currently costs i think five hundred dollars a year yeah it's ridiculous yeah so if it's a cost yeah. thing for you you know there's the there's the numbers yeah, for sure. And um and you also have an an ability right now to influence the the um 
yeah. building of this product. You can submit issues. You can talk to the team. So yeah. definitely don't miss out on that. Opportunity. Yeah, for sure. It's not like there aren't the features that, that like, like I, I use both a lot now. And it's mm -hmm. like, I'll definitely yeah, be using same. Kaido and I'll be like, oh, I wish there was this feature from Burp. Like it, it'll be just like little, yeah. like, you know, quality of life things. But like those yeah. little things, like they add up over time and they're just like little features that Burp has just had more time to add in. But there's also those same things in yeah. Kaido, right? Yeah. And so like, for example, I, every time I have to go back in burp and I, ha and I intercept a request and I have to click forward, 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 instead of just going directly to the request and then hitting forward, I'm like, Oh, I hate this. Yes. You know? And, and Kaido, it just, it queues up all the requests. You can just click the request you want to forward and just boom forward. And it's like uh, amazing. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, switching projects oh, is so, so much, much easier in Kaido. I can do hacking from my Chromebook on Kaido, yeah. you know, while I'm sitting in my living room. So there's there's a lot of really great stuff to set up there. Yeah. Um, and, and if you see those features that aren't so, there, yeah. just shoot a message to the dev team. And they're, they're like yeah. super responsive. They hop on stuff right away. So Real yeah, it's, it's really it. awesome. I, I actually have a little thing set up with them now where I just like drop them a Loom video. So I don't even really have to do... <laughs> much else i just like you get the private line desktop, that's crazy outputs a url i'm just like boom they, and i don't even say anything i just send them the loom video wow. and it gets like put into an issue and it makes it its way into the next dev cycle so, so that's what the I enterprise really, plan really is oh, okay you know <laughs> just got the enterprise for I got himself the yeah you got the custom support no. wow Oh my gosh. Um, okay so actually so two more things i'm sorry joel i actually didn't put it on the dock um well the, the one thing that I wanted to talk about was I just wanted to give a shout out to Yobert, um, HackerOne co-founder. He has been pumping out, him and the HackerOne dev team, I will, I will include them all in that, have been pumping out some crazy features lately. And one, I just want to say I have hacked with Yobert before. Phenomenal hacker. Very skilled. And, you know, the guy's probably loaded at this point, you know, having been a HackerOne co-founder and HackerOne doing the way that it is. And he's still in there every day running the engineering team with, with HackerOne. So mad respect there. Um, but two, man, have there been some nice features getting pushed out lately. Um, they just released a command palette for, for HackerOne, which allows you to really quickly navigate around and, you know, submit new reports really easy, open policy pages really easily. That's amazing. Um, there's some encoding tools, some new analytics, and, and it's just, it's wonderful. So um, if you haven't checked out your HackerOne dashboard recently, or if you're not seeing these tweets from Yobert about, um, you know, the new features that are going out, definitely give him a follow on Twitter. Um, and just to be, just to be clear, it's J-O-B-R-T, yes, Jobert, Jobert. Jobert. Uh, yeah, if you're looking it up afterwards, we'll, we'll link it in yeah. the We'll link yeah. it in the description. Cool, cool. Um, yeah. So this uh, this this person, uh, Justin Els Elzy E L Z E. Um, he uh, he tweeted out this awesome. I I don't know if he wrote this blog or or what. No, I don't think so. I'm not sure. He I think he's just linking to a cloud Cloudflare. Or actually, this is actually not even Cloudflare. This is something. Yeah, else. it's on uh, iq.thc.org, um, and it just says the author is mm -hmm. Root. So I, my my assumption is this is just like somebody's <laughs> like oh, self-hosted blog. Sure. So I'm not really sure who wrote this. Yeah, right. However, that's where the best content is. Though. Yeah, it, it doesn't it doesn't really matter. However, it does talk about this really cool thing. I never heard of this. I've heard of very similar things, um, but it's called Cloudflare mm -hmm. D tunnels or cloud mm -hmm. flared tunnels. I'm not really sure uh, mm -hmm. which one it is, but uh, essentially if you're familiar yeah. with ngrok, uh, N-G-R-O-K, it's kind of like a tunnel mm -hmm. service that gives you a public endpoint uh, and you can tunnel it to basically any like TCP port on your local host. Um, and that's really mm -hmm. awesome for a lot of different things. It's awesome from like a developer perspective if you're doing testing, but it's also really awesome from a hacker perspective where you can host your POCs without having to host your POCs. Yeah, you can absolutely do that. And the, one of the reasons why I wanted to add this to the list for today was um, this, I think there's also some really nice um, functionality here. And I'm realizing now that, you know, Cloudflare may have some terms of services against this. So, you know, read the, read the docs before you do this. But I was thinking this would be amazing for um, 
you know, hosting your, your payloads, uh, for hosting your, your action. And this is less in a bug bounty context, but more in just a, an actual like internal assessment or, you know, red team perspective where you're actually trying to hack into an organization. And we all know that probably the easiest way is going to be to do social engineering or some sort of like something like that. Right. So, um, this sort of thing is really great because a lot of times your domains get burned and stuff like that. Or like you've got some, uh, uh, next gen firewall that's blocking, you know, domains that don't have a certain accreditation score or whatever. So um, it's really helpful to host your your C2 or anything like that behind uh, an accredited domain like Cloudflare. So um, this is just a shout out for any of you that are actually actively doing red team stuff. This might be something you can utilize in your in pivoting or in your your day to day assessments. Yeah, yeah. I also really like that uh, this this blog talks about that you can do like SSH and stuff over this, which is it's just a really interesting mm. um, use case. I'm not sure if this adds any sort of like implicit security on top of what you're doing. I'm not sure like what kind of access controls or whatever you might be able to to per perform on this, but yeah. um, that's a really interesting use case. I'm not sure if you could do that with Ngrok. So, seems like it's just a raw T TCP tunnel. Yeah. So, so pretty, pretty interesting stuff. Um, definitely useful, and I think I'm gonna put this in my bookmarks for uh, for payloads and stuff. Oh no, they they do have they do have secure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they they have TLS. As well. Cool. Nice. nice. Okay, so that's it for the news section. Onto the meat. Onto the, the meat, meat and potatoes. Me. So. Um, yeah, I guess I'll, I'll preface this by saying I'm a full-time bug bounty hunter and, um, I guess being a full-time bug bounty hunter, you have a lot more, I guess, mental challenges with bug bounty. You're, you have different mental challenges. Let, let me, let me just put that there. Um, because one, it's your, it's your livelihood <laughs> and you're doing it every day and it becomes your job. Um, but, uh, you know, on the other hand, you're also not having to juggle bug bounty in your, in your full-time job and that sort of thing. So at some point I want to, I want to do, and I've, I've got a little section at the end of this doc. I'm not sure if we'll get it to, to it today about just some of the tips that I've learned from doing bug bounty full-time. And I know we talked about it a little bit on the full-time bug bounty episode, but I've got some other, other stuff as well that we'll get to. But the main, the main focus for today was like mentality stuff. Um, so I broke it down into three sections. You can see them in the doc, Joel. Before hacking, during hacking, and after hacking, okay? And these are the kind of, I just kind of brainstormed for a little while, and then I used, you know, ChatGPT to come up with some snazzy names <laughs> for each section um, about what kind of struggles you might be running into at each one of these phases um, on your hacking journey. I do feel like I'm reading um, a Dr. Seuss book right now. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> okay. All right. I got, I went a little bit far with the, with the, uh, you know, rhyming. Did you tell whatever, it to rhyme them or did it just memorable. do that on its own? I said like, what did I say? Do some catchy names or something like that for X, Y, Z. So I, I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll see what we got. Okay. First one. Um, this is in the before hacking section. Um, I see this one all the time. And I've, uh, you know, me, a.k.a. ChatGPT, a.k.a. Dr. Seuss, uh, has named this one procrastination education. Mm. Okay. So essentially the topic behind this is like you are scared to start hacking because you think you're going to fail. So you just educate, 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 educate as a form of procrastination against, you know, doing actual hacking see this all the time. Some people affectionately call it tutorial hell um, or not affectionately call it tutorial hell. Um, but this is definitely a pitfall and definitely something that, that yeah, a lot of people run into. What do you think about that? Joel? Yeah. Um, I think we've touched on this a couple different times. Um, it's really, really challenging because when you're new to this, you're like, what, what do I even start? What do I look at? Like, what do I need to know? Right. And that's a, those are like completely valid questions and ones that you need to answer. But the question is like, how much do you need to answer it? Right. Like, do you need mm -hmm. to fully understand every aspect of the OWASP top 10 or every, like every conceptual part of like a, a CSRF or do you just need to know like what it looks like and how to exploit it? Right. And I think there's a fine line mm -hmm. between like how far you need to deep dive on learning a topic versus how far you need to deep dive just to exploit it. And um, I think this happens a lot, especially with new people where they just want to like absorb knowledge and keep learning and, and keep learning. And that's great. But like, 
when you're going to start hacking like you, you gotta you gotta yeah. branch at some point and and start you can keep learning but like you gotta start hacking and putting that knowledge to use because that's what's really going to solidify it in your brain yeah i totally agree and I, and i think what one of the things i've told people is like hey um you know do your basic introductions into how websites work you know I, I have this flow that i go go through with with the people that i'm teaching which disclaimer is not anyone that's ever messaged me online <laughs> i cannot take remote mentorships please stop messaging me about that um i really appreciate you reaching out but like i only mentor people that i know in real life uh, and so yes. sorry yes. about that disclaimer. Yes. I, i'm the same uh, way by the way what, like it, it's nothing personal yeah. it's just like it's a it's a it's large time commitment and like we want to set expectations accordingly yeah. we don't want to like set set you up for failure or set you up to expect something that's not going to yeah. happen so we just kind of have signed it off entirely and we basically only do mentorships yeah. on like very rare one-off cases and it's usually people that we yeah. know yeah so so feel free to shoot me a message if you have a question a pointed question or something like that i'll definitely get to it but i can't just do a formal mentorship with everyone okay so what i was going to say though was when i am mentoring people i i always walk them through this flow of like okay um you know, first we got to understand how a website works and how, you know, HTTP works and how DNS works. And we walk through all that whole flow of what happens when you put a, a, you know, a URL in your browser. And then they understand that. And they understand how to view it in Burp. They understand how to, um, you know, modify uh, parameters. You know, they understand how to use an HTTP proxy. Um, and then, you know, I have them start working on uh, uh, Portswigger WSA. Um, and, and once they kind of get through that, I say a, a little bit into that, you know, once they've gone through the access control section or the broken, uh, or the business logic section, I, I say, okay, now we need to start pivoting part of your time from, from a very, very, very early stage into actual hacking. So take 10% of your time, do hacking, take 20% of your time, do hacking all the way up to 50, 60, 70% of your time doing hacking. And it's going to feel like crap in the beginning because you're not going to know what you're doing and you're going to be looking at requests that don't make any sense. Uh, but just being in the HTTP request, reading the headers, reading the body, being curious, understanding how functionality in the UI maps to API requests in the back end, that is the meat. You need to be so comfortable with that before you can effectively do hacking. Um, and the more time you spend, that's that's all you know, that's all more experience that you've got and, and uh, that will serve you. Every single one, even if you don't find anything, if you don't understand anything, that will serve you in becoming a better hacker uh, periodically as, as you continue to, gradually as you continue to grow. So don't neglect that time or else you'll never get yeah, anywhere. Yeah, no. And you'll be stuck in tutorial help. Right? Yeah, 100%. <laughs> like did that just like asking like why does this work or how does this work or like where does this value come from is super instrumental to like understanding the core deep functionality of how an application is is functioning and where data is yeah. going and all that kind of stuff. Um cool. Solid. Yeah, so so you got to start hacking, right? But here this is like the next thing that I see like second most common thing for new hackers analysis paralysis it's like what program yeah. do I pick? What do I hack on? What do I focus on? Like Oh man, this is this is like such a common thing. We talked a little bit about this during the how to pick a good mm -hmm. program, um, but I mm -hmm. think mm -hmm. especially when you're new and you're trying to pick 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 like the first program to hack on, just pick like whatever sounds interesting, right? Um, I I think yeah. it's almost more important not to really focus on bounties. Bounties are very alluring. It's very like tempting to like want the like big high mm -hmm. cash money prizes and stuff. And I'm not saying that it's impossible to get those on larger programs that typically have the higher bounty tables, but it's going to be more challenging uh, because there's a lot more mm -hmm. people who have come before you who have looked at that stuff a lot more than you have, and they have that leg up. And you can get there for sure, but it's going to take more time. And you may not get the sort of instant gratification or um, satisfaction that you're looking for on one of those larger programs. Mm -hmm. So I recommend yeah. just picking whatever sounds interesting, because that's going to help you with the natural drive for hacking. Pick a website that you're familiar with or like a tool that you've heard of or something that would be like, like for some people it's, oh, I want to hack the government. Okay. So focus on a DOD program. Don't worry about bounties. They have a huge mm. program, huge scope, just like hack some DOD stuff. Then you can be like, yeah, I hacked the government, you know, cool. Whatever you want, like for bragging rights, you, you know, or yeah. like, you know, whatever service well, you want to, you want to hack like that. That's what I would recommend. I, 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 
sort of agree with that, Joel. I, I think the DOD is a little bit of an exception. <laughs> I do mention the DOD as well to most people just because it, it does give you some sort of payment. You know, you're, you get to say, hey, you know, I hacked the DOD and that feels cool and that's nice. I normally recommend people to start from the beginning with bounty programs because and skip the, the VDP stage because it feels so much better to get an actual bounty. Yeah. Right. And, and some people, some people will say, Hey, I just want a valid bug. And you know what? That's fine. Maybe VDPs are for you then. But my suggestion is to actually go and get an actual bounty. Um, and if it takes extra time, great. But he, here's the problem with the, with, with the VDP programs. One, n nobody looks at them. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, y you can go on there and you may be able to find some vulns, but you're not going to get a good, um, indicator of how deep you need to go to find bugs on an actual bug bounty program. Um, yeah. And two, obviously you're, you're not getting paid for your time, which is, it's not going to help you with some of the other stuff we'll talk about a little bit later, which is uh, bug bounty being a results, um, results for money based system, right? It's a, it's, it, some would call it a meritocracy, but I'll, I'll say it, it's a it's it's a results for money based system. So if you spend a bunch of time, you don't get the results, you don't get any yeah. money, right? Um, and so I think that's something that kind of takes some time to get used to, and something that you can, um, uh, you know, sort of edge into from the beginning. Yeah. Um, I will say from before, Joel, uh, that was episode thirteen: how to pick a good bug bounty program. We probably shouldn't spend too much more time, uh, too yeah. much time on how to actually, right. you know, pick a, a program on here. I will say one tip from that episode: go go watch the whole episode and understand it. But one tip that I'll pull away from that is, if you can, hack a website that you use. Yeah, yeah, and and I'll clarify. I I don't know if I I may have misspoken. I'm not really advocating that you pick VDPs over BB, bug, 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 bug bounty programs. I think I would always try and pick a bug bounty program, except in, you know, like we talked about, like maybe the edge case for the DOD. But mm. what, what I, what yeah, I want to say is don't focus on how high the bounties are, right? So if it's like 1K crits versus That's 3K true. crits versus 5K crits, yeah, we all want a 5K crit, but a bounty's a bounty and it's really just like what mm -hmm. interests you. If the thing, the yeah, beginning, if the yeah. thing you want to hack has a 1K bounty, that's fine. Like, I would I would push towards that, and then like once once you feel more confident, then like go hack whatever, and and, and don't care so much about what the target is. But for that initial drive, it's really it's really important to like you know want to hack what you're hacking. Yeah, totally agree, man. Okay, next one is um, automation obsession. <laughs> now I'm feeling silly about all these. <laughs> automation automation obsession is the next one, very aptly named because. Um, this is actually a pitfall that I fell into, um, and I got very fortunate um, and I, that I actually got a crazy automation bug, uh, which got me started. My first bug was a 4K subdomain takeover, which is high even by it's today's san standards. Um, but uh, what I wanted to say on this one was a lot of people will feel like they need to build out their whole recon automation system and do all this programming. And a lot of pe these people are programmers, by the way. So it makes sense that you want to do the thing that you, you know, already know how to do. I would say, do not do that <laughs> if you, if you really want to get good at this, because, um, you know, automation is a great, is a great field and is something that you can absolutely make a lot of bounties off of. Um, but first you need to know how to hack. And for this, I will go ahead and refer you all and we're going to talk about this a little bit more um, in the recon section, but the point of this automation is to find vulns, right? And, and you're not going to know how to find vulns until you actually find vulnerabilities. So, so I would recommend putting the automation aside, even if it's small automation, like, oh, I want to be able to take this thing from Gao and put it into something else, which is a part of normal hacking. Um, I would say hold off on that as much as you can. When you're hacking, hack. And when you're automating, automate. But try not to mix the two too much. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So for the next yeah. one, I wish this one rhymed and was more fun <laughs> to talk about, but uh, imposter syndrome, it's, uh, <laughs> it's just, that's just, uh, you know, that's not an easy one to swallow. Um, I I'm just going to say that, uh, it doesn't, it doesn't go away. It, it gets easier to deal with, uh, because you can understand it and spot it much easier, um, as you deal with it more, but it's kind of one of those things that's always going to be there and you just have to figure out the right ways to like stop thinking about it or stop like, you know, just like thinking and thinking and thinking and, 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 you know, mulling it over in your brain and just like, Oh, I'm not good enough. Oh, like oh, this FOMO mm -hmm. and whatever. It's like, 
just you know go back to to like the early beginner tips right like procrastination mm -hmm. education analysis paralysis mm -hmm. okay stop thinking about it stop trying to learn so much yeah. just do it right yeah and the, the imposter syndrome thing i think as well is like it's something that it's something that you fight with while you're hacking but it's also something that you fight with before you're hacking and that's why i have it in the before you're hacking section here before you're hacking if it's preventing you from hacking i'm not good enough to do that you need to punch that in the face. You need to get upset about, at, at that imposter syndrome and say, listen, that's wrong. Uh, it, hacking is not a, a you're good enough or you're not good enough sort of thing. It's a, it's a process. And, and I, I'm saying this from being, you know, having done this a lot, guys. This is not some wishy-washy, you know, you can do it, go get it, Tony yeah. Robbins BS, right? It, this, is, this is actually a, a fact. You know, spending time... Uh, in the application learning the application is a pivotal part of this so even if you don't feel like you're good enough yet get in there start learning get your hands yep. on it yeah and it's not like that meritocracy like where people think like mm. oh the more time i spend like I'm, I'm for sure gonna find something like there are gonna be times where you're gonna spend a ton of a ton of time and effort looking for something and yep. you're not gonna find something and you're gonna feel extremely like beat up and worn down and you yep. just have to remember like that's normal okay you didn't do anything wrong like that is literally just part of the process and you have to realize that you're you're hunting for gold in a in a river you know you're you're like it's like the 1850s it's the gold rush needle in a haystack. like yeah needle in a haystack and there's no guarantee the needle's there you know like there's five yeah. haystacks which one is the needle and start looking a very yeah. valuable yes. needle in <laughs> it's many a golden haystacks. needle like yeah <laughs> No, no golden needle in the haystack river and the haystack yeah somewhere there's an analogy in there somewhere something like that <laughs> but yes like just remember like none of this is guaranteed like we hope to find bad vulnerabilities so that we get paid out but none of it is ever like for sure and so if you don't find anything that's kind of a good thing right like that's that's kind of that's yeah. kind of a good thing yeah and i, I want to say this as well um there are a lot of of people that for most of you let me just say there are a lot of people that are a lot less skilled than you that are getting <laughs> bounties right now <laughs> i can pr i can promise you that so get out yeah. there and, and yeah. do it okay next one for the before hacking section was motivation deprivation yeah um and <laughs> um this is this is a sort of a a this is sort of an, a situation that kind of comes into play when after you found a dupe, after you haven't been finding anything for a while and you're starting up hacking again, it can be really challenging to like take on the huge task of looking at a big application and that sort of thing. Um, to, and what I would encourage you all on this one is to just stay, stay curious, okay? Stay, be in it. Don't be focused too much on the bounties. Don't be focused too much on, on the finding something. Be focused on becoming an expert on this specific application. Um, one of the live hacking events that I that I participated in a while back, I spent so much time on this one application, two weeks every day in the JS files, finding everything I possibly could. And when I got to that live hacking event, I was like, you know what? I bet I know everything about this application. I bet no one here knows more about this application than I do. So I was, I, I put a message out in the chat. I was like, hey. Anybody want to teach me something that I don't know about this application, right? And I got taken to school that. that day. Like, like, it, it, but it's that that sort of confidence is the confidence that you need. Like, by the time that that life hacking event day came around, I felt like I knew everything about that application. But the cool the part about it is you never will know everything about the application. And so you can keep on. So I had probably pushed through two or three layers at that point of, yeah, I think I found everything on this, right? And I, I said, well, let me do another double check. Let me do another double check. Let me do another double check. And then I got to this point and I was, and then I still got taken to school by some of the other people that are at the live hacking event. So there's always going to be more to find. Um, yeah. Dive in. Yeah, super amazing. And I think you don't have to like, don't, don't take away from that, that you have to be at a live hacking event to, to have that kind of moment. Just like yeah. ask yourself, yeah. like when you feel like you're at the edge of knowledge, be like, is there anything else that I don't know about or I haven't fully explored? And that's where your note taking yeah. and all that kind of stuff will really come into play. Dude, I actually want to share this really cool tidbit. I mentioned a guy a while back, I shouted, shouted them out um, that I said, hey, you know, write down all your attack vectors 
and go and he messaged me the other day because he said i think i found everything um and i was like okay do it again and he's like okay i trust you man he found four more bugs one of them which was exactly and i was like dude you rock way to continue persevering through and not that. only that so he had big, it written down <laughs> it was there it was right in he front did, of him man. so cool um, okay, one more thing I wanted to talk about on this. This is a little bit of live hacking event hack um, that Mariah and I uh, put together. For those of you that don't know, Mariah is my wife. Um, and so when I, we were going into live hacking events, um, I guess sometimes it's it's easy to get overwhelmed. It's easy to not feel motivated, especially when you're on the live hacking event circuit and you're doing them every month or every other month. It can get kind of intense. And so um, one of the things Mariah came up with was this goal system for me. So we would say, okay, Justin, um, you know, here are the tiers, okay? At this tier, uh, you know, you can do X, Y, Z. So like, for example, one of, one of my tiers uh, for the Vegas Life Hanging event last year was to get a hot tub. So if I earn more than X amount, boom, hot tub. If I earn more than Y amount, boom, cruise, you know? Um, and so like setting tiers and goals for yourself can be really motivating. And if you, you can see that sort of prize in the distance, it's easier to stay on top of it and remember what you're hacking for. So that's a nice little hack. Um, you know, define a couple weeks sprints. If you're not doing a live hacking event, say, all right, I'm going to hack for the next three weeks. But at the end of this three weeks, I've submitted bugs that, uh, you know, sum up to X thousand dollars, then I'm going to get, go out to a nice dinner yeah. or something like that. I think that can be really motivating. Yeah, for sure. I, I was going to go into goals and stuff, but I think it's we're, we're going to talk about it a little bit more in the during hacking session. So so let's dive into that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, okay. during cool. hacking. Um, so like the first one, automation obsession. Now this is like a recurring theme. Yeah, so and I'll, I'll go, yeah, go ahead. Go. I, copy, I copied that one in there. I, I copied that one in there from the other one just to, just to th throw a curveball at you, Joel. Um, I copied that one in from the before session as well. And here's why. This, this, should, this one should be pretty quick. I often found when I was trying to shift away from automation obsession that I was, uh, I would get into hacking. I'd be like, all right, yeah, cool. I'm doing this hacking thing, right? And then I, and then I like find something interesting. And I'm like, oh man, I need to like, I need to scan for this, you know, or I need to like <clears throat> be able to um, evaluate for this vulnerability very, very quickly. And so then I would stop what I was doing instead of staying in my zone, in my mode hacking, I would you know, fire up Python and start trying to automate that. And that's an obsession mm -hmm. with automation. Um, don't do that. When you're hacking, hack. When you're automating, automate. Um, take notes, you know, on what things you want to automate, come back to it later, but stay in the zone because when, when you're in the zone, when you have the application context in your brain, you need to minimize distractions. Um, and so automation can be one of those distractions. Yeah, for sure. Notes, 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 write everything down, come back to it later. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yep. Um, re recon cognizance, re reconnaissance cognizance. That's a, there <laughs> that's you a go. mouthful. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Um, so basically just like, there's nothing that really rhymes well with recon, re yeah. like recon, reconnaissance, recon, shmecon. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I don't, yeah. But it's not like that. You yeah. Know? <laughs> so, so recon reconnaissance. Cognizance. Yeah. So like, how do you, how do you like get your brain around recon in like a meaningful way? Right. I think um, it's a really easy trap to fall into this like recon hole because for one, mm -hmm. there are so many tools that are just re like literally just for recon subdomain brute forcing, yeah. uh, path traversal, uh, path brute forcing, host brute mm -hmm. forcing, uh, fuzzers, yeah, you know, everything like scanners. Yeah, brute yeah, it's all like, yeah. you know, it's a bunch of brute forces and that's cool and stuff, but like. I think it's really easy to fall down a rabbit hole where you, you're like, I don't get it. I ran all seven tools that I have and I haven't found a bug yet. What's going on? I guess I'm just going to go to the next target, right? And like, there are a lot of hackers who do that, which should tell you that if you yeah. don't do that, you're going to find the stuff that they missed. So I think it, Recon is really good for identifying attack surface and like seeing what things might be interesting to poke at or, or mm -hmm. maybe taking some notes and, and, and checking those things out later. But once you have like, you know, 10 things or whatever, not even like, you know, once you have a couple things, just start looking into them and you're going to find other stuff as you yeah. look because the recon isn't really like the end all be all. Some bugs do end there, but but the majority I say don't. Yeah. And and I just love this quote and we clipped it and we put it at the beginning of episode 12 with Jay Haddix, probably one of the most valuable takeaways that he 
he he we have from that episode from the recon god himself jay haddix he says i make all these talks about recon to help you find more apps to hack mm-hmm. right that's the goal so do your recon until you've found an interesting app to hack and then just hack that app yeah. instead of doing recon eternally um that's that's my take. There are some people that have different takes and there are people that subscribe to a lot more recon heavy methodology. But at the end of the day, even people like Nogli, right? Um, you know, he's a big recon guy. But when it comes to the live hacking events, the way he kills it, the way he ranks top is he gets his head on straight and he focuses and he hacks the main app. Yep, yep. So, dives deep. Yeah, very, very important. There. Cool. Let's talk about uh, goals a little bit, shall we? Okay. Okay. So let me let me let me just say this one. It says, "Bad rabbit holes, rip your goals." <laughs> Wait, did ChatGPT so, come so up this, with that? <laughs> no, this one was me. I'm not gonna. I can't even blame this one on ChatGPT. Um, this one's for me. Uh, bad rabbit holes, rip your goals. So let me let me just explain this one. Um, a while ago on the pod, I I think we were talking about a treat from Rezo, um, and. I had said, I actually think it's good to rabbit hole. And I do still hold that, but I do want to mention uh, that I think there's a little bit more nuance to the topic. And I would love to have Rezo on sometimes to debate it. But um, essentially, my current place is that you have to be able to identify what these bad rabbit holes are. Um, And um, I've got a couple little notes here, and I'd I'd be interested in hearing your, your thoughts as well, Joel. But essentially, some ways to identify bad rabbit holes are the following. One, it does not ex- expand your scope. So if this rabbit hole that you're going down doesn't give you access to more scope, you know, maybe you're trying to figure out a way to access a specific application by like getting an account there, registering an account or something like that, that might be a good rabbit hole. Um, uh, but you know, if, if you're doing something that doesn't really expand your scope and doesn't meet any of the following conditions, then you, it might not be a good rabbit hole. The next one is low impact. It doesn't, it doesn't mesh with the application's threat model. You need to understand what kind of things the application finds valuable and what will happen at the end of the rabbit hole. It needs to be a destination rabbit hole. It needs to be one of those holes that goes down and then you pop up on the other side. You know, It can't be one that just goes straight down and then you die at the bottom of the hole. Okay, So you need to have a goal with where your rabbit hole should lead you. Um, and uh, if you can't clearly see that, it's a very big risk to go down that rabbit hole. Yeah. The next one was um, non-deterministic. If you think that there is a, if you don't know, I guess this is kind of similar to the low impact one, but if you don't have a good idea of whether this is going to work out or not, or you don't see a clear path to whether it's going to work out or not, then this may be a tricky rabbit hole, right? Um, if If you have a very clear condition like, oh, I just need to bypass this one piece and then I've got like an SSRF or this one piece and then I've got you know, an ATO, then that, that could be a good example. But if it, if it's like, uh, you know, I think once I bypass this one piece, then there could be like, maybe there's other controls in place, but very likely, you know, if you, if you, you know, hear yourself having that little internal conversation, then could be a bad rabbit hole. Um, you have any other thoughts on bad rabbit holes, ripping your goals? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So I think, um, I, I agree with both of you, like rabbit holes, are both useful and not useful um and like yeah. you said there are there are key things that can really help you identify whether or not you're going down a bad rabbit hole so to speak um i think mm-hmm. it's really easy to like be able to see it from both sides so if you're like it mm-hmm. is, for example um something that catches me a lot is account creation uh proxying or something if i'm proxying a mobile app i might be able to proxy the whole app except for like just the beginning request or something or like the the, mm-hmm. the account creation mm-hmm. request and while that is a really useful attack scenario it's also w- only one piece of like the whole application it's only one piece of the flow so instead of like mm-hmm. rabbit holing down and like spending three hours trying to figure out why i can't proxy this one request just mm-hmm. write it down move on right come back to it later and that that's a great that's a great point because that does expand your scope a little bit, right? That expands your scope to account creation, but it doesn't vastly expand right. your scope, right? And so it's it's a very limited right. limited scope expansion. Right. 
could be a bad rabbit right. hole. And not only that, you might be restricted by like, oh, it's a one-time thing. Like depending on what the vuln is, mm -hmm. you have to think about like yeah. what might be the worst case scenario. Like if I, I can imagine of just like being able to get access to this scope. And if it's not like the worst possible thing or worse than other things you could think of, again, just write it down, like come back to it later because you're spending a lot of that valuable time just like trying to debug something when you could be spending that like doing hacking and expanding your scope and like learning about the application, all that kind of stuff. Totally yeah. agree on this. Just want to provide a disclaimer. I'm pretty sure this is what Reza <laughs> would say from the beginning anyway. So yeah, okay. shout and out to Maybe him. I don't agree with you um, at all. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I no, did agree um, with what you said. You know, yeah. You know, I'm pretty sure this is what Reza was talking about from the beginning anyway, but you know, just throwing that out there. I, I think, I think there are good rabbit holes and I think there are bad rabbit holes. Um, and these are some descriptors of a bad rabbit yeah, hole. So yeah. Hopefully that'll be okay. And I will say, I have, I have this one little note before we move on. You got to trust your intuition on some of these things too. And this is not as much for you newer hackers, um, but for you more experienced hackers, let's say maybe you've looked at 30 to 50 plus applications. Um, trust your intuition though, because sometimes your brain knows something that you don't know. And if you think, man, I just really can't get this one piece of the application out of my mind, take the hour and just dive in and get a little deeper um, because I actually have found some cool stuff by doing that. And this goes back to the curiosity thing as well. Sometimes you just want to do cool shit. And you know, even if that doesn't end up with a vuln, if you understand how the specific process works and that makes that feels good, that feels cool to you, definitely go yeah. after it. Uh, before we move on to the, to the, to the, next, um, the next thing, yeah. I, I did want to talk about goals really quick because this is talked about sure. like talking about like rip to your goals and stuff but but goals are like yeah. really really important uh, in my opinion about mm -hmm. like for 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 hacking right i i think this is a great i think point. one of the most important things you can do when you're hacking a target is set set a specific goal okay i want to become a super admin i want to take over this account i want to uh get an xss uh, whatever it is right like <laughs> i just said <laughs> Just, just wrote set your goal poles <laughs> okay well that's what we're calling maybe we can workshop that one set a little bit okay no it's great it's All right. great set, your, set goal your goal poles yeah yeah so uh, yeah just set goals i think goals are really important um even if it may seem unattainable in the beginning having some sort of frame of reference just like how with earnings you have goals just so you have something to look towards mm -hmm. something to like picture and, and think about goals are when hacking are really important as well, because it's going to help you frame your entire reference about the application. What could I do with this endpoint? What can I do with that endpoint? Oh, this is weird functionality. What can I do with that? If you frame all of that towards your singular goal, it's going to make you think much more creative and it's going to help you get to that goal much, much easier. Yeah, I totally agree with that. One of the, the biggest bounties I've ever seen paid out in person was from a, uh, I don't even know what they were called at that point. Verizon Media, Yahoo, Oath, Payout, where they set a goal and they said, hey, anyone who can do arbitrary account takeover gets, you know, 50K yeah. bonus or something ridiculous like that, right? And somebody, you know, lo and behold, someone did it because they set up a goal. So this is actually a tip for the the program side as well, if there are any um, program managers listening to this pod, and I know there are. Um, definitely, you know, consider setting specific bonuses for things that are high value yeah. to you, like arbitrary account takeover or or like full yeah. read internal SSRF or something like that, because uh, that is a great way to motivate hackers in a very specific yeah. direction. Grammarly is a great example of that. Grammarly has uh, 100K, mm, yeah. I think it's 100K if you can read a secret within a specific account or document or something. And yeah. that's just yep. in their policy page, you know, and it's just been there. So if you want to, you know, get that 100K, like frame everything you can to, to get that. I've heard yeah. it's very difficult. <laughs> so We got to go after yeah. that. We got to yeah. check that out. I think that'd be cool. cool. Okay. Um, the last one in the during hacking section is called impact lacked. <laughs> impact lacked. lacked. Um, and this is, this is sort of situation that you can fall into where you swing to the other side and you get too curious or you get too fo focused on just some weird functionality that is like funky and odd, but doesn't necessarily have impact. I see this all the time with new hunter, hunters. Like, oh, I found this like directory listing and there's, look at all these directories in here. And like, you know, oh, I can access all these files and yeah, well, this is amazing, this is a vuln. No, that's, that's not a vuln um, because there's no impact to the customer. So before you DM someone and you say, hey, Justin, um, is this a vuln? 
you should ask yourself, why do I think this is a vault? And you need to be able to answer that question. What can I do that the company doesn't want me to be able to do? And, and you, there could be an argument made that you know the company doesn't want you to be able to see all of their directories in the directory listing, right? To that, I would say that that doesn't meet the, the impact standards. But you need to outline that sort of thought, that sort of mentality um, uh, from the very beginning and make sure that the thing you're going after actually has impact to the to the company. Yeah, yeah. And on that, you got to understand the threat model, right? So like if you are trying to explain this to a company, the best way to prove impact is to explain it in a way that demonstrates impact, okay? And so like yeah. think about what does the company care about? Is it user data? Is it their data? Is it intellectual property? Whatever, right? Like, paywall bypass. But most of the yeah. time, that's not going to be a directory listing, unless that directory listing right. has something in it that is impactful, right? And so I think, right. like, instead of just reporting a directory listing, look at the stuff in the directory listing and see if you can find something more impactful. Maybe then consider just reporting that as is. But I, I, I don't think like that would meet my criteria either in terms of like. Yeah. you know, uh, oh, I'm, I'm going to report this and like get a sick bounty. Like you're going to get like a hundred dollar yeah. bounty, you know? Yeah, for sure. Totally agree. And not, nothing against a hundred dollar bounties, <laughs> you know, hundred dollar bounties, hundred dollars, is hundred dollars. Yes. <laughs> and I, and I would, I would say, you know, if it meets the organization's threat model and they've outlined that in the policy, then you should absolutely yeah. report that. Take the hundred bucks, help the company win, win, win. But, um, also, that's not going to be the case a large percentage of the time for something like directory yeah. listings. Yeah, cool. Okay, so after hacking. Yeah, yeah? after hacking. Burnout. No, you got to say the oh, whole so title. I, you can't bur- skip the... My bad. I, I, after hacking. <laughs> the burnout turnout. <laughs> there you go. After hacking, the burnout turnout. Um, okay, so you, you want to take this one sure, first? Sure, yeah. So I, I think you have, you're going to have a lot to say on this. Um I definitely have dealt with burnout so much. Um, it, it definitely comes from different areas. Sometimes it's that you've been doing a ton of hacking and you're not getting a ton of bounties. Um, sometimes it's that you have been doing a ton of hacking and you haven't gotten a single bounty. Um, sometimes it's yeah. that you know, you, you've been uh, looking at a target, you submitted a bunch of cool things, turns out they were all internal dupes. Um, there's a lot of different reasons that you can get burnout. Um, and I think again, kind of like imposter syndrome, you, you, you have to remember this is completely normal and it's not like you've done anything wrong to feel this way. Um, burnout is like a very normal thing. It's, it's probably more important to try and figure out what caused it and how you can try and avoid it or ease that burnout in the future. Yeah, I totally agree. There has to be a mending process and a maintenance process. Um, and so, you know, the mending piece is like, ah, all right, I'm burnt out. How do I get out of this funk? Right. And the maintenance process is how do I not get burnt out in, in, in the first place? And a lot of this, a lot of the, the things that for me with bug bounty that causes burnout is this whole results for money impact, right? Like if I, if I put all this effort in at my day job and something doesn't work out, I still get a salary, you know, if, if I'm a salaried employee, but if I put all this results in and or all this effort in and get no results out in bug bounty, nada, you know, and and that's that's a that's what happens from a material basis. However, you got to understand that for every moment you're putting into not finding a, a a bug and getting a bounty, that's another minute that you will not have to spend until you find your next your next you know bug, yeah. right? So it, it's not actually uh useless it's not actually wasted time it's just a part of the process yeah. right and you're learning a lot um, when that's happening absolutely and you're learning a ton and, and that's that's very very tangible and this is one of the things that i i've kind of talked to some of my friends that are that are starting trying to like upstart some some local businesses and trying to do sales right um for every like x customers that you talk to and you get declined like have something that makes it feel worthwhile like pay yourself an extra dollar or something like that. If you have startup money or like, you know, say, all right, if I get 30 customers that say no to me today, I'm going to just go get some Chick-fil-A or something like that. Right. You know, have some sort of metric that makes it still feel like, even though that person said, no, your time wasn't wasted. And, and the same thing happens here with, with bug bounty, you know, for every hundred attack vectors that you try, or for every 50 attack vectors that you try, whatever it is, you know, do something that, 
that's care, self-care, so that you don't end up getting burnt out. I, I was just thinking about like uh, you're at your 29th rejection of the day. You're, you're you got yeah. three calls left. And you're like, please just say no. I want the Chick Fil A. <laughs> yeah, the worst scenario is like you have a goal for ten calls, you know, and then you get the hot tub, or ten yeses, and then you get the hot tub, and then you get a call for thirty, you know, thirty rejections, and you got twenty nine nine, and you just walk away because you're you're done for the day. It's like shoot, you know. Cool man. No, that's funny. so. Do you have like um like what do you use for like personal tactics to like deal with this? Because I'm sure you you deal with burnout yeah. all the time. Yeah, yeah, I do. And it, it, it's hard. Um, I think post life hacking event, I spend uh, at least a week of downtime. <clears throat> and a lot of times, I mean, we'll talk about this a little bit later, I've got some stuff to catch up on, you know, after the life hacking event season, um, just some responsibilities that have uh, fallen to the side. But um, as far as, you know, my long term solutions for, for burnout, I've actually suffered from burnout very little um, in my my three, three years. Yeah, uh, as a full time bug bounty hunter, and I, I I attribute that largely to having a stable, you know, marriage and personal life, and then also to prayer and to finding my identity in something that is not bug bounty. Because I I have the the inclination to say like, man, if I'm not crushing in in bug bounty, I suck. I am worthless, you know. And and you know, it's not something I'm actively saying, but it's something that I'm feeling, right? And so you really have to address that first. You've got to put your 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 hope your your identity your self-worth in something that is not your work because especially in bug bounty it's extremely dangerous there is a whole team of people on the other side of the computer whose job it is non-stop you know nine to five every single day to make your job impossible that's right that is that, that's a lot of that is a lot of pushback yep. right and um and so you know keeping that in mind and you know finding your identity elsewhere really good also for me, I find it really helpful to get out in the sun, play some volleyball, you know, have a decent workout routine, spend time with with loved ones and family, even though, you know, you're in the middle of a live hacking event or a really intense hacking season. Um, and that will just allow you to move refreshed into the, the next time. Killing your, your well-earned hot tub. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You get that first set of goal, get a hot tub, then <laughs> make that happen. Get in the hot tub. That's the solution. Everything else doesn't matter once you're in the hot tub. Exactly. <laughs> awesome. At all costs, get the hot tub. <laughs> awesome. No. Um, yeah. Do you have any comments on that or do you want to hop to the next um, one? No, I mean, I, I think I have a lot of the same type of just like try and separate yourself away from it. Um, uh, this is, again, we talked about this in, uh, in, in both the before hacking and the during hacking, but the bug bounty is not a guaranteed thing, right? Finding a bug, finding a security vulnerability, especially a critical one, not guaranteed mm -hmm. and you have to remember that yeah. like we are trying to like almost do the impossible here right we are we are pushing against talented security teams here to try and find the holes yeah. that they missed and when you find something that's awesome but it's not guaranteed and you can't like beat yourself up for not for like not finding a myth like a mythical thing that may or may not exist you know it's <laughs> like nothing that yeah. you did could have controlled that like and made it appear yeah. right it either exists or it doesn't and what really matters is whether or not you can identify it and that's like completely separate from like finding it you know what i mean like uh, i think like you can always like just take your notes and stuff you can always keep hunting but um don't don't beat yourself up for like a good security team being good you know like that's a that that's yeah. kind of an unjustified uh, reason to beat yourself up yeah totally agree um Okay, so we've got two left in after hacking. Um, I know you got to bounce here in a bit, Joel, so we'll try to move through them pretty cool. quickly because I want you to be around for this report yeah, yeah. that I want to tell you about. Um, responsibility volatility oh, yeah. is the next one. Um, and essentially, this is what I was talking about before, where you get so pulled into hacking that you've neglected other responsibilities, whether that be your relationship with your significant other, whether it be your chores, you know, the dishes, the lawn, whatever. Um, it's very easy to get focused and in the zone and then let everything else fall behind and it's not sustainable. And when you do that and you let all the things fall behind and you let that get, and you don't, you know, communicate well with your spouse or you don't hire someone to do your lawn or something like that, then it, it becomes, um, that's a very easy way to get burnt out because you'll come out of the hacking thing. You'll be like, 
uh, and you'll have like a panic reaction and, and then you'll be stressed out trying to get all this stuff done and get back up, caught up. And it's just an easy, really easy way to get yourself in a rough situation. So don't become so fixated that, you know, you're not spending time with your loved ones that you're not carrying with your responsibilities. Yeah, for sure. It's a, it's important to treat bug bounty like a job if it is your full-time job, right? Like don't, don't let those hours mm -hmm. like abuse you just, you know, take mm -hmm. it in a reasonable pace. Don't like be working 15 hours a day, every single day, mm -hmm. unless you feel like that's going to really drive the results. And I still wouldn't recommend doing that at a yeah. for like a long period of time. You know what I mean? Like that's yeah. uh, that's a lot. Yeah. Well, well, one of the best things about being full-time bug bounty is you have a lot of freedom, yeah. you know? And so make sure you're not squandering that because we're all, especially if you're younger, you know, you're a time billionaire yeah. if you're not a money billionaire, right? Yeah. And, and so, you know, you're trading your time for money and, you're, you know, you, you can trade your money for time when you do stuff like, you know, pay people to do your lawn or whatever. Um, make sure you're not squandering that asset of like, I can make good money and still have a lot of freedom. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that's something that I've learned recently and something that I'm struggling to implement right now because I'm in the middle of a reno <laughs> too. So I've, my time is getting really crunched. But once I get out of, done with this, um, you know, rental property reno, uh, I think I'll be a lot more enjoying the freedom that comes along with being full-time. Yeah, company. for sure. All right. And for the last one, payout phase out. Uh, I think this one is pay a out. lot more relevant for like the full-time hunters, but uh, really this is, yeah. you know, you, you you're waiting for a bounty things start to slow down you're like oh, i got the report in let's just wait and see when mm -hmm. they pay it and and see how i feel but like that is yeah. a really easy trap to fall into oh yeah yeah and, and i think i think um i think it's very tempting and and there's there's two sides of this because one hand you kind of want to validate your threat model before you spend a bunch of time on an organization that doesn't that you think you understand their threat model and you don't really understand. So that's one, you know, that's the positive side on waiting for the bounty. But the negative side is like you get into an app, you find some great bugs, you write them up, you send them in, and then you just lose all context on that app. And that's not that's not great because a lot of the time if there's a vulns in a specific area, there's probably more vulns there. So go back. Don't get too overexcited about the vuln that you found that you you miss other vulns um, and, and hit it again because... Uh, there's likely other bones there. Yeah, yeah, super, super awesome advice and um, notes. You know, take notes. If you're, if you've just like submitted a bug and you're like, this is gonna be a sick payout, and you're not sure what to do next, check your notes. Go look at the other stuff that you yep. wrote down, and you didn't feel like you had fully investigated. That's a great opportunity to go look at some of that other stuff now that you've kind of completed, you know, your your train of thought and finished reporting the the bug. You know. Yeah. Um, Joel, I know you got to bounce here in a second. Feel free to, to leave if you want. I can cool. wrap things up, but I did want to, I did want to talk about this one report. Um, I put it in the doc. It's, uh, uh, one that got disclosed this week on LinkedIn. Um, and the title of it, entire database of emails exposed through URN injection. So when I saw this, I was like, what the heck is uh, URN That injection? is exactly what I just asked. And I, I, I read this report and I was really impressed. Um, so from what I can tell here, um, this, this individual found out that the system that LinkedIn is using um, has this, this concept of a, of a URN. And uh, I'll see if I can find the quote right here. It is possible to trigger a URN resolution by assigning a URN value to a text field inside of the profile and using a decoration expansion in, vo in a Voyager query. So essentially what he found out was that he could take this, this URN and I think in the report he puts it in the um, in the website field. Um, and this URN, just for those of you that are listening in the audio medium, looks like URN colon li colon uh, the the object that you're looking at uh, fs underscore email address colon and then the actual ID. Um, and so it's sort of like a structured ID, right? And so he takes that, he puts it in the website field. And when the call, he makes this call to the API, to the Voyager API on LinkedIn, um, that API will look at that URN that was there and say, okay, um, if this field is URN, then I need to resolve that URN. So it will go to the database, pull that value out, and stick it in the included field. Um, and I think he said that there was some sort of um, uh, a parameter that allowed him to uh, tell it to resolve the included 
URNs. And then that gets included in this little, <laughs> I said included a lot of times, in this little <laughs> included section in the response. Um, this was a type of vulnerability that I've, I've not seen before. And I have seen these URNs around. Um, so this is definitely something to be aware of. I yeah, think. super interesting. I think this URN stuff is like uh, maybe a Microsoft thing. I don't, I yeah, don't know why yeah. it took me until today to realize that Microsoft owns LinkedIn. Yeah, which is yeah, didn't didn't which realize is that. really interesting. I I, I I was just looking at the Wikipedia. Apparently, this happened in 2016, but I never, I yeah. don't ever remember. Like maybe I just wasn't paying just, attention at the time, but just missed yeah. that. Huh? <laughs> so I was like, why are these docs on the Microsoft on the Microsoft.com site? And uh, yeah, that's why. That's really 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 interesting. I wonder uh, where else you could use this within Microsoft owned services. Yeah, I totally, I totally agree, and I, I want to say there was even some mention of this in the, um, in the write-up that Sam Curry did on the Starbucks, mm. uh, bug that we found together, leaking the ninety-nine million records on Starbucks. So, um, that could definitely be something to, to keep your Millions. eye on. And like we always say, you know, these, these sort of things are the kind of things we love to cover the most here. New techniques coming out. Um, stuff that y'all ought to be aware of. So we'll link this uh, report in the in the description. Uh, definitely go check it out. And shout out to Ultra Power, the uh, the guy who found this vuln. Um, this is really really good yeah, find. Yeah, super awesome. Cool. You got anything else? Uh, all right, man. That's it for me. Alrighty. Catch you next week then. Sweet. That's the pod. Peace. Yo, thanks for watching this episode of Critical Thinking Bugani Podcast. Hope you enjoyed it. Um, if you wouldn't mind, head over to YouTube and subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash at Critical Thinking Podcast. Also, drop a follow and subscribe on your podcast app of choice. Uh, we will be soon launching a uh, website at criticalthinkingpodcast.io. Please head over there as well. There will be a newsletter sign up where you can get notifications for each episode, as well as uh, check out some transcriptions slash blog summaries of the episodes, which, um, which might be of interest to you. Thanks. See you next week.